What's going on guys? It's Nick here, back with another video. It's time for the final draft strategy video of the offseason. We've taken a deep dive into every position, every draft strategy this summer. So I figured it'd be a good idea to wrap it all up into one video so that we remember all the research that we've done so far. And you could even use it as like a reference to go back and look at. So sit back, hit the like button, and let's talk about some draft strategy. So remember, all the data collected from this study came from 770,000 teams over the last seven years. No site has ever collected this level of data. And so any similar research that you see is extremely likely based on best ball. This video is not about best ball. This is for redraft leagues only. And more specifically for leagues that start one quarterback, two running backs, and two wide receivers, which brings up my first bit of advice you need to understand the impact that not only your scoring settings have that one's obvious you guys know that one when you change the scoring settings you draft different types of players who excel or aren't as good in that scoring setting but you also need to understand the impact of your roster settings as well more specifically how many of each position do you need to start and could you start I'm going to go over what's optimal for, again, two running back, two wide receiver, one flex. But you're going to need to adapt based on what the settings in your specific league are. So here are some bits of advice depending on how your league differs from that typical setup. If you're in a league that has two flex spots instead of one, then I would do almost nothing differently. One change is that you can be more willing to be overly aggressive at one of running back or wide receiver. So as we'll get into maybe a little bit later on, you don't want to be starting off your draft with four straight running backs in a typical setup, right? At that point, you've drafted one to be in your flex and then one to be a rotational piece on your bench. You've abandoned three separate positions to do this and the value just isn't there. Teams don't perform as well. But in a league with two flex spots, well, now it's not as bad. It's definitely still not optimal like ever to start off with four consecutive running backs. But it's less bad because if you're sitting there and exceptional value falls, like I'm talking like you're sitting there like, how do I pass this up? I am in the fourth round and a late second round running back is still here. It would be my fourth running back. But Nick said not to do it. Well, if you have the ability to have two flex spots and thus start four running backs, you can be a little more flexible there. So again, if you have an extra flex spot, you still want to follow general draft strategies we're going to talk about. But if you need to lean wide receiver heavy, if you need to lean running back heavy early on, it's more okay. If you're in a league that starts three wide receivers and a flex, it doesn't mean you have to have a switch to a wide receiver heavy build to start. But it does mean that you need to start three and you can start up to four, meaning that you're allowed to start four wide receivers and only two running backs each week. And you cannot start four running backs. So with the two flex, two wide receiver build with two running backs as well, you could start three and three. You could start two and four, four and two. It doesn't really matter. If you have three wide receiver only spots, you have to start three wide receivers. You can start up to four. And so it should make sense to you that wide receiver, given what we talked about today, should just bump up a little bit. Whether you want to bump everything up like one round, that's kind of up to you. I would still say that like 
in any build, unless you can only start one running back, you still want running backs early. It's just that under a three wide receiver, one flex league, bring wide receivers up a little bit more. You should draft them at a higher rate earlier on. Also, both of those formats add running backs, add wide receivers to your starting roster, but they don't add quarterbacks and tight ends. Technically, in your second flex, you could start a tight end, but you probably don't have a very good team if you're doing that. You want to be starting running backs and wide receivers. Because of that, since you're adding scoring and you're adding you know, a need for running backs and wide receivers, and the need for quarterback and the scoring for quarterback, all that is the same, same thing for tight end, then those two positions lose value respective to, or I guess compared to, running back and wide receiver. So you should understand that even though nothing changes at the quarterback and tight end position, they move down in the rankings because you need more running backs, you need more wide receivers, those are going to move up in value. Now remember, I have specific rankings on the website that go over all these different roster settings. Again, thefantasyfootballadvice.com. But if you don't want to use those, that's how you would adjust based off normal settings. Because pretty much any site's rankings you're going to use are not going to adjust for you for your specific roster settings. And so if you're using one of those, you just need to understand, oh, I'm in a league that has three wide receivers and one flex. Quarterback is a top option, but quarterback is devalued in this format, and so they should actually be pushed down the rankings. Again, it's just easy to use my rankings, but do whatever you want. But what are we working off of as of a like baseline, right? I'm saying do something more or less. What's the baseline? So here's the optimal strategy, assuming your classic setup. Again, two running backs, two wide receivers, one flex. Optimal is take two running backs in the first two rounds. As a general rule this season, you're taking a running back in round one, unless it is a wide receiver named Justin Jefferson, Cooper Cup, or Jamar Chase. There is a scenario where you could draft Devonta Adams at like the turn, so that like 12-13 pick, but it would have to come after like all the running backs we have ranked ahead of them get drafted. So it'd just be kind of like an unlucky thing. It'd be a really difficult start if all these running backs come off the board. You're sitting there at 12 and you're like, oh, I kind of have to take Adams and running back. Unless you have like a three, four, five, six pick and you're going to get one of Jefferson, Cup, or Chase, you're starting off with a running back. Your championship rate drops for every single round that you do not draft your first running back. And given what we know about the positions later on, it makes all the sense in the world to take a running back in the first round. In round two, again, it's best to take a running back. Like I said, best to start off running back, running back, uh, running back, running back, start increases your championship rate by over 17% over the last seven years. That's the largest increase of any draft strategy, and it shatters the RB0 build, which is the single worst draft strategy historically, and it blows out of the water, like wide receiver, wide receiver starts, and even hero RB. So you hear a lot of people talk about hero RB. Even that strategy is demolished by a running back, running back, start historically it is the best thing to do it has worked out in five of the last seven years with the only two instances where it didn't work out being 2020 where it was just neutral so it's not even really that it didn't work out it was just like if you did that you know you didn't add to your championship rate but you didn't take away from it like it was kind of like a neutral decision and then 2015 where it was a terrible decision to start off running back running back but that was because every single one of the first round running backs busted so assuming 
that this season we don't see just mass injuries at the running back position, which is always possible, but is still unlikely. Like assuming people stay even remotely healthy or even just a few of them stay healthy, it's going to be optimal starting off running back, running back. So assuming you do this, you've set yourself up really well to just lean on value in the upcoming rounds. It is now optimal after a running back, running back start to take a running back, your third one, in any of rounds three through eight, with a lean towards it being in the next three rounds. So you don't have to start off with three running backs, but you would prefer, like again, I said it's okay to draft your third running back in rounds like seven or eight, but you would prefer to have three by like round six. That's like a, a pretty good rule of thumb. I mean, you can do three in the first five, three in the first four, but like if you're getting your uh, your third in like round eight, it's optimal to do this, but you've taken away a lot of the value of starting off running back, running back. You still probably want three in the first five rounds. So what do we know about the other positions? Because we're kind of in round three right now. We're like, okay, uh, it's optimal to take a running back still in this round. We know that it is not optimal to take a quarterback in round three. Round four is the earliest we should be touching the quarterback position. And even then, it's very likely too early. It's pretty much only Josh Allen. Uh, but don't take a quarterback in round three. Uh, so just disregard that position. Uh, tight end and wide receiver are roughly equal values to take in round three. So that's likely where decision comes down to. If you do take running back in the third after taking two in the first two rounds, it's fine. But you do a little bit lock yourself into a box. We at least want to leave ourselves like the opportunity to get really good value or to bail ourselves out in rounds four and rounds five. And if we take a third running back in round three, now we're forcing ourselves to go with quarterback, wide receiver, tight end in round four and probably also in round five. And it's like, that's fine. Maybe it'll end up working out. But if you don't have to do it, I wouldn't. And it's very unlikely that you have to do it because Pitts will be an option in round three. I prefer middle in late round three because he's an option in that range. But if not, so many wide receivers. There are going to be really good wide receivers available to you in round three. So I would say this season, unless it is the mid to late third, Kyle Pitts is the top player in the rankings and he's a value by ADP. You're starting off running back, running back, and then you're taking a wide receiver. That's just kind of how it looks this season. That's what's best. In round four, you have the option to draft Josh Allen if he's there and he'd be the only quarterback that I would consider. He'll likely be gone. I think in a lot of hometown leagues, you will not be there in round four. But if it comes to it, in my rankings, he's going to be a value. So if by ADP and by the ranking, he's a top player on the board and you're in round four, I do think it's fine. He easily has the highest ceiling and floor of any quarterback. I mean, he has a ceiling that like every week he can go out there and post like 35, 40 points. And when your quarterback drops 40, I don't care if you waited until the later rounds, grab Justin Fields and he's going to score 25. Like a 40 burger is very difficult to overcome no matter where you took that quarterback. Again, round four is the first time you're considering the quarterback position. And if it gets to a point and Josh Allen is there at a value and top in the rankings, you can take him. If you've started off running back, running back, wide receiver, then I would say, and you're not taking Allen under the circumstance, 
I'd say see what's there at the running back position first. If you really do like one of the running backs, maybe around three running back is there. You're looking at Cliff after that, and you're like, uh, like, you know, I have, you know, this one running back left on the board. Everyone else after that is really gross. I'm not sure I'm going to want running back in the next few rounds. Take running back. I think that's like the first thing you consider before considering tight end and wide receiver is what is this Cliff at the running back position? Will I be fine with one if I have to take them in rounds five or six? Typically, uh, round four is just like the optimal round to draft your fourth running back. It has the highest success rate historically. And again, that third round really should be reserved for a wide receiver. So on average, you're probably starting off running back, running back, wide receiver, running back under an optimal strategy. I would say, though, if Kyle Pitts is there in round four, that's a big consideration for me. I'm honestly okay with him again in the mid to late third round. And so if you find yourself in like the mid fourth round and you're not in love with the running backs, I would probably lean Kyle Pitts over the wide receivers in that range because we're going to love the wide receivers in rounds five on as well. In round five, now we can start really considering quarterback more. But remember, the optimal range is round six through nine and that is really what i would personally stick to so while it does become optimal to draft your first quarterback in round five in terms of like what's more optimal what has the higher success rate it is still around six through nine and i would personally still stick with that so i'd first look at tight end if you didn't get you know your your kelsey andrews pitts you didn't take one of them uh because we're not double dipping at like two top five tight ends that's the first thing I'd look at. You're in round five. You're like, okay, where's Waller and where's Kittle? I would only take them if, again, they're top in the rankings and they're of value. So they don't need to be like a round of value. But depending on the site you're on, they're going to be going at kind of different areas. So assuming that they should be going in this general range by ADP and they're top in the rankings, I think it's a really good spot to grab them. They're going to add ceiling to your roster. So a lot of people kind of ask why early tight end is a thing. And it's just because like, if we're trying to build you know, a super team, we're trying to build a team that can drop 170 points in a week. We can't just like, like we can take running backs and wide receivers early and kind of pound those out and then take like quarterback late, tight end late. But it's like, do we really think even these sleepers, we like the tight end position late, they don't have the same weekly ceiling that Kittle does and that Waller does. And so if we're trying to add ceiling to our roster, it's a really good way of doing that, grabbing tight ends early. Again, Waller-Kittle, I think round five is where you're kind of looking at them, not round four. If they're value, if they're top in the ranking, I would take him. Then, if you don't want to do that, because like some people just aren't comfortable taking tight end there, and that's totally fine. The next thing I'd look at is, again, running back. And more specifically, how many do you have? Because at this point, I've, it's kind of like, you know, it's optimal to do running back, running back, wide receiver, running back. But maybe you didn't. Maybe you took Pitts in one of those spots. Maybe you took uh, two wide receivers in round three and four. So look at how many you have. If you only have two and we're in round five, then success rate is really going to start to drop off again for every round that you don't take your third. Like I said, we'd like our third to come in rounds like four, five, or six. And so you should be looking at the running backs available, looking at what the drop-off is at the position. And if you see a drop-off, which you likely will, <laughs> it's not going to be good after this kind of range, then running back would be a nice position to take here. Then if you don't want that running back, you didn't want tight end, just take the top wide receiver in the rankings. There's going to be a very good wide receiver. Wide receiver really is that position where it's like, okay, I didn't want these other guys. 
who's the best wide receiver, there's probably a really good one, and take them. For the rest of the draft, it completely depends on what your roster looks like. And that's why you need to be doing a lot of mock drafts. You can definitely just draft based off of rankings, but understand that you do still need to adjust your strategy based off of the players that you've taken. Rankings might be able to tell you to like, okay, wide receiver is good to draft here on average. But if you've gotten unlucky at the running back position, tight end positions, and maybe you have like five wide receivers through six rounds, well then you shouldn't be drafting your sixth wide receiver, even if the rankings tell you to do so. So here are some helpful guidelines to make sure you don't get too aggressive. For running back, like we said, a running back, running back start is best. Then your third running back should come in rounds three through eight with a lean towards round four, five, and six. Once you have three, your fourth should come in rounds seven through 11, and then your fifth should come in rounds 14 on. You don't want to just be loading up on four, five, six running backs and just abandoning other positions. You still want to space them out. So again, your fourth should come in rounds seven through 11, fifth should come in rounds 14 on. For wide receiver, your first will likely come in round three. Then your second should come in rounds four through eight. Third should come in round six or later. Fourth, round 11 or later. Fifth, and round 14 or later. And when I say later here, I'm not saying that like, oh, it's totally fine if your third wide receiver comes in round 16 because that's later than six. In general, later here means or the next three rounds. So kind of like your third wide receiver should come in round six through nine, fourth should come in round like 11 through 14, fifth should come in round 14 to like 16. That's kind of the end of your draft. I have a really, really good graphic, I guess a number of graphics on the website that do a fantastic job of visualizing this. I'll do my best to post on the screen so you guys can see because it's kind of hard to just like conceptually think about that, but especially for those of you on the podcast, please go to the website, thefantasyfootballvice.com. Look at the graphics I have under the uh, positional draft strategy. It's like optimal draft strategy, and there's a drop down for running back, wide receiver, tight end, quarterback, all that stuff. Uh, and there's really good graphics on those pages that show you, oh, here's clear dips in value, rise in value, when you should be drafting these positions. For tight end, basically, as long as you don't take one in round six through nine, you're fine. Those rounds are so important for the quarterback position and for the wide receiver position and then sometimes like trickling in the running back position that like spending one of them on tight end comes at such a large opportunity cost and historically we see a drop off in that range from like the first five rounds in terms of success rate and the drop off like it's almost the same as a drop off into the later rounds as well and so you, you do your team a really big disservice by taking one in that range. One time where this would not be the case, and it's a huge question I got in the tight end video, was what about Waller or Kittle? Like, do we now not draft Waller or Kittle in round six through nine? No. <laughs> if one of the tight ends from those first five rounds happens to fall into round six through nine, that range we don't want to take tight end, you're still drafting them. Now you're getting a player at significant value. You want to be attacking that. But... I wouldn't be taking, because we know there's like a top five tight ends this season that are clearly better than everyone else. I wouldn't be taking that next tier of tight end in six through nine. It's just not optimal to do so. Uh, one other thing I'll say about tight end is with drafting two. If you draft a top five tight end, 
then you're not drafting a second one. You kind of just have to assume that like you've invested very high draft capital in this position. Uh, you've taken away from running back, taken away from wide receiver. You can't also take away one of your late round picks of those positions as well. And if we're assuming we're trying to build a championship team, you know, if you draft Mark Andrews and then you draft like Jonu Smith later on, it's like for you to be using Jonu Smith, it means your second round pick just busted and that's not going to help your championship odds. And then the odds that Jonu Smith turns into Mark Andrews is like 0%. So you're doing your team a disservice. If you draft top five, 10 and don't draft one late. But if you don't, I would draft two. So if you don't have a top five tight end, don't draft one in the middle rounds, wait till the later rounds, double dip on just two high upside options. In those spots, we're looking for really good offenses. We're looking for touchdown scorers. So we're looking at like Dawson Knox, if he can fall to that range, but even like guys coming up injury, like Robert Tunyon can score a bunch of touchdowns this season. You're just looking for someone who could get lucky, could score touchdowns. Um, but again, it's difficult to hit on late round tight ends. We're looking for athleticism. Sometimes not too much youth because like really young tight ends don't typically break out, but just try your best really like good offenses. Like it, it's difficult to hit late. And that's why teams perform better overall when they take two, because you're probably not going to hit. But if you give yourself two chances to hit, you've got a better chance of doing so. And because you didn't draft one early on, you don't need those later rounds as much at running back and wide receiver. You spent zero of those picks for tight ends in those first like nine, 10 rounds. And so you've got a lot of running backs and wide receivers. You don't necessarily need to take as many shots late. So I double dip late if you don't take a top five tight end option. And then finally, we have quarterback. As I said, uh, we are really targeting that like round six through nine range. And if you miss out on this range, then I would draft too late. It's very similar to like the tight end position, just like a shifted uh, position so tight end it's rounds one through five if not late quarterback it's round six through nine if not take too late and if you do take too late don't like go in that next range i talked about this in like last friday's video i love the quarterbacks in round six through nine if you just miss that range well don't now take like cousins Carr, roger stafford right after because there is a drop off into those players and people who just drafted those quarterbacks, well, they're not going to take a quarterback right away. And so there's going to be like a few rounds of like this like gap period um, where there's like a lull in the drafting of quarterbacks. Don't take one during that lull. Wait till that lull is going to be over and then draft quarterback. If you are going to wait and draft the two late quarterbacks, please lean towards mobility with at least one of them. You can draft a pocket passer late. That's totally fine. And I'm kind of talking about this after like after Cousins, Carr, Rogers, Stafford. Like I'm talking about the quarterbacks after that. We don't really want pocket passers because the odds that a pocket passer that late really has a season that's competing with these top end quarterbacks is so low. The odds are you're going to be streaming anyways, but at least lean towards mobility. It's extremely likely that if we have a breakout quarterback, they're a mobile quarterback. And so just trying to get them on the roster. Um, I would recommend Daniel Jones or Justin Fields, probably lean towards Justin Fields. He's got the extra mobility. Uh, people don't like him because, well, valid reasons. The offensive line's terrible. He has no skill players. But if someone was going to hit late, it probably is Justin Fields. Um, but again, draft whoever you want, whoever you feel good about. I would recommend Fields and Daniel Jones. But mobility, if we're looking at pocket passers in round 17, do you actually think you're going to be consistently using them and taking down teams that have Herbert, Mahomes, Josh Allen? Probably not. You need some level of mobility. 
Then, of course, uh, if you have been watching this channel for more than a week, you know that defense and kicker go in the last two rounds, and there is absolutely no exception to that rule. 100% of your teams should draft defense and kicker in the last two rounds. If you really want to play, you know, the fun game of I'm not going to take either of them. I'm going to take two high upside running back options. Maybe there's an injury and I get lucky. Go for it. We're at the point now where it's late August. You've got like a few weeks left till the start of the season. The odds that that happens are pretty darn low. But if you feel like doing it, go for it. Uh, I'm going to be drafting my teams in like the last week of August into September. I will not be doing that. I'm just going to, well, I actually don't play in any leagues with kickers, but I will be drafting my defense in the last round. I'm not playing the game of not going to draft one, see if I hit on like a high upside option. For most of you, just draft your defense and your kicker last two rounds. The only other bit of advice I have for you is about value. Everyone knows that value is good. And we've proven that even knowing nothing else about your team, teams that get more value in the draft perform better on average. So knowing nothing about draft strategy, the players selected, if all that you know is what value did they get, teams that got more value did better. But you also need to use ADP to your advantage. It's not going to work out 100% of the time. You need to be okay with that. But if someone has, say, an ADP and a ranking on whatever platform you're using of like 93, and you're picking at 80, meaning that you also have pick 90 in a 12-team league, then it is in your best interest to wait, see if you can get them at pick 90, especially if there's another player you like with an earlier ADP. People love to disagree with this take, but they're so incredibly wrong, it's actually hilarious. Picking the best players, no matter what the ADP is, is the worst strategy you can have. It's probably worse than the RB0 strategy, which is saying a lot. You are not some player evaluation god, so assuming that you are is the easiest way to lose. And even if you are, which again, you're not, it always comes down to this. Would you rather have your 23rd and 24th ranked wide receivers or your 23rd and 28th ranked wide receivers? Obviously, you'd rather have the first one, right? But if you ignore ADPs, you don't even use that as part of your strategy, you're going to end up with that second pairing far more often. Sometimes you have to draft your wide receiver 24 ahead of your wide receiver 23 if the ADPs are flipped. So even if you think that one player is a better pick, you might have to hold off on drafting them if another player that you also like might be gone by your next pick and you think that that better player might still be there. Again, it's not always going to work. Sometimes you'll skip over a player that you like being like, oh, I can get them at the next pick and then they end up getting taken and you're like, oh, why did I do that, right? I should have just taken the player I liked. But if you do enough mock drafts, you're going to have a good idea of where people typically do get drafted. And if you can get really good at playing the ADP game, then you're going to draft significantly better teams overall. And if you play the ADP game while also utilizing optimal drafting strategies and using the rankings on the website, then you're going to crush your draft and you're going to set yourself up for an incredible season. So... That is the optimal draft strategy, some ways that you can change it depending on your roster settings and my overall thoughts on ADP value. And if you want to see 
you know, a more in-depth look at the optimal drafting strategy for each position, as well as my exact rankings, which take draft strategy into account for every scoring format and different roster settings, which you will not find on other sites, giving you a massive advantage over the people you're drafting against. You can find all of that at my website, thefantasyfootballadvice.com. I'll be back tomorrow with another player breakdown, Friday to over wide receivers you should not have drafted, and then Saturday to over the latest news and ADP changes over the last week. But that, my friends, is the end of this one. Hope you all enjoyed. If you did, how about hitting the like button and how about subscribing to the channel if you're new here? Thanks for watching.